hand signals. Out. We need something. Yeah. Something to like bring it in. Well, we weren't even started it, so I didn't even need to do something. Oh. I was probably just, just said something. Such a good intro that the, that everyone just missed. I can't, have I can't to take our word for it. I can't do those kinds of things. It's like a one-time thing that is perfect, yeah. and then you try to recreate it, and it seems like you're recreating it. Yeah, I don't even remember what you said anymore. I don't know. I said something about give it a shot, and then I was like, or a big bloody axe, because there's no guns involved in this case. Okay, yeah, there you go. Welcome to Parababble. Perfect. Was it? I don't know. I guess we'll, so. We'll go it's with better it. Than, better than how we usually go. I, I mean, I guess so. But this is Parababble. With Rob and Allison. Yep. And where can people find us now? Everywhere. Everywhere, including... YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, no excuse, people. No excuse. But we're going to talk about murder tonight. Yes, one of one of my favorite subjects. Murder. One of your favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the short list of things you like to talk uh-huh. about. Yeah. Mothman, murder. You just like things that begin with M. Yeah. There you go. If Mothman murdered somebody, I would be, I would be there. Well, he is the harbinger of death. Yeah, but he didn't hurt anyone himself. He was. Well, now he just tried to warn people that death yeah. is coming. He was just trying to help out. Yeah. Well, where was he in this case? These people could have used some warning. They could have, I guess. I don't know. This is before his time. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, we were talking a couple weeks ago about ideas for the show, and. We had been researching some other stuff, and we came across this murder house. And at first, I was like, ooh, murder house makes me think of, like, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. But this was an actual murder house. This was a literal murder house. Yeah. In Villisca, Iowa. Villisca, Iowa. It sounds like such a quaint, pleasant place. That's what it sounds like. Not point like, pleasant. Like, no. <laughs> Farmlands yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, lots of... Wheat growing everywhere. Right. Because that's what you grow on Small farms. town. Everybody knows your name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a kind of place where something like this would happen. Not a place where an entire family would get murdered with an axe. Oh, my God. Craziness. So, June 10th, 1912. This is the time of the murder. It's the date that it took place. 508 East 2nd Street. Melissa, Iowa. Because the house is still there. It is still there. It's still standing. It's still the original house. And you said you want to go there. Well, you said, why would anyone... (laughs) You wouldn't want to go there. And I'd like... I mean, I would. (laughs) I mean, I guess I can't fault you for that. Because if people ask me if I want to go spend Mm -hmm. the night at Lizzie Borden's house, I would probably say yes to that. And we all know what happened there. Same thing. Yeah. Axe murders. Right. Lots I feel of like them. I feel like there's not any axe murders anymore. I feel like this is a thing like in the early yeah. 1900s. It was like and the it, cool thing to do. It can't be easy to kill somebody with an axe. It's this guy made it seem easy. Seem like he knew would, he, this guy knew what he was doing. You think it was just one guy? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. So, the people that were murdered. Mm-hmm. It's the Moore family. Father Joe, wife and mother Sarah. Along with their four children. Okay. And two other children who were staying there the night as like a sleepover. They were like friends of their kids. And I heard this family was like pretty well liked. Yeah. Didn't have any like enemies. They had one. They had, well, that is true. Yeah. But for the most part, people liked them. Yeah. For the most part, you know, 
well liked in the yeah they weren't the, like oh those more people yeah like no. oh yeah. okay no they they like them so four kids mm-hmm. plus their two friends so six kids and josiah and sarah moore yes okay mm-hmm. so they're all hanging out Right? They go to church during the day. They come home. They're all just like doing their normal thing. Everybody's yep. having mm-hmm. a good time together. They all eat dinner. They go to bed. Mm-hmm. They, and don't, they, they never don't, wake up. Yeah. They lock their doors. They don't lock their doors because that's like the kind of neighborhood where you don't lock your doors. Right. Well, it's also 1912. It's also 1912. Okay. So they don't wake up because they are all murdered with an axe during the night. That's terrible. Yep. So it's it's really not known where or how the killer got into the house. Okay. Some people say that he was like waiting there for them in the attic and he just snuck down when it was nighttime and committed the murders. Other people say he just walked right in because they don't lock their doors. And they said the yeah. murders had to take in place between like midnight and five AM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the next morning they usually get up pretty early, like 5, 6 a.m. to tend to the farm or whatever, and their neighbor is used to hearing, you know, the kids come out and and start playing. So, like, when she didn't hear that, that's that's what, like, put up a red flag for her, and that's how they discovered what had happened eventually. Okay. Um, so, they believe that the killer started with Joe Moore, the father. Okay. Who is upstairs. So it's interesting because if this killer came in through the front door, he would have walked by the two kids that were sleeping there, staying the night, the two friends, mm-hmm. and then he would have walked past the kids' bedrooms and gone straight to the the more father and mother's bedroom. So it's almost like he knew which he one knew was there. He knew exactly where he was going. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. He wasn't like opening doors like, oh, no, wrong one. Kept going. Yeah. He went right to there first. Yep, he went right there and he killed Joe Moore. He hit him with an axe, which, by the way, he got the axe. It was on the Moore farm. He didn't bring it with him. It was there. Ugh. So, okay. Yeah, so he killed him with uh, the blunt side of the axe with one swoop. Right to the head. He was instantly dead. I heard he was, like, bludgeoned pretty bad, too. He was, but that came after. Oh, okay. So he killed him with one swipe. So kills him, knocks him out. Yeah, kills him. On to the next. The wife, in the same bed, obviously. So once this happens, it wakes, probably wakes her up, but she doesn't have time to react, because same thing. One swipe of the blunt side of the axe to her head, and she's done. He then goes to the children's room... Does the same thing to all four children. Goes downstairs. Does the same thing to the kids downstairs. Everyone's dead. Then, he goes back upstairs to Joe and Sarah's room. And he hits them with the axe several times, more times. Like, up to 30 times, I think, they said. According to the coroners. To the point where the bodies were, like, so mutilated, like, you wouldn't even be able to identify the bodies if you didn't know i read that that his eyes were actually missing from his yeah like the whole body was just completely eviscerated that's a lot of anger yeah that's Mm -hmm. what it seems like seems like this person initially anyway that they knew where they were going yep they had a plan and they were angry like they did not like this dude 
to the point where even after they killed him wasn't enough it wasn't enough they're gonna bludgeon him so much they just mush mince meat okay so he goes back and he does that Mm -hmm. what does he do next well it's interesting first to know how he killed him with the blunt side of the axe Mm -hmm. he knew exactly what he was doing he didn't kill him with the sharp side of the axe because if you do that get stuck he wanted it to be quick in and out he didn't want the axe to get stuck because he had to go to the next victim so this is someone that knew calculated how to use an axe yep which i don't know maybe that was pretty common back then i wouldn't have thought that if i was killing someone with an axe right you think like sharp side down i'm not experienced with this kind of thing yeah sharp side down chop chop yeah okay but yeah then he um he goes downstairs and he gets a slab of bacon out of the fridge. What? If they had fridges. Yeah, they must have had a fridge back then. And he wraps it up in like a cloth. And he just sets it there with a keychain. Why? I don't know. Because he's a crazy axe murderer. Nobody knows? Nobody knows. Still to this day, do not know why. Just a slab of bacon and a keychain. Just a slab of bacon and a keychain. Also, uh. he lifted the sheets over the, the kids' heads. Uh, to cover the bodies. Yeah. Um, and then he also went around and he found, like, other linens and clothing in the house. And he covered up all the windows and mirrors in the house. Classic serial killer move. I guess. I've never heard of that before, but I thought it was interesting that he covered up the like mirrors. They don't like to look at themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what some people said. It was like the shame of what he had just done or whatever. He didn't want to look at himself. So yeah, and then he has a slab of bacon in the kitchen. And when he left, he locked the doors behind him. Strange, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, the neighbor in the morning found it suspicious and uh, called Joe's brother Ross over to see what was going on. And he is the one that walked in the house because he had a key. And he, I think he found the two girls' bodies downstairs and at that point he like booked it so the police came and found the whole rest of the scene and I heard at first there was a lot of suspects there were a lot of suspects it was like five or six people yeah there's a lot I have I have several how many do I have here because it's not a big town no it was a small town but they had a train that came through town, so people were coming and going. Sometimes they had vagrants, you know. Okay, but in theory, that mm-hmm. doesn't really sound like it would be the kind of person that would have done this, because it sounds like this was personal. It does sound very personal. Or it could have just been someone who was very crazy. Who knows? Because they still don't know to they this day. They still don't really know to this day, but there are suspects. Um, so... One of the reasons they don't know to this day is because after the police came, they cleared the bodies out. You know, this was a time back when, obviously, DNA was not a thing. Right. And I guess they did have fingerprints. Well, not. They could, like, dust for fingerprints. That was probably, like, the best thing they could do. But once the uh, the police cleared the bodies out and cleared the crime scene, they left. They just left. And they didn't leave, like, anybody there to, to like, watch the house. And I guess what happened is, like, a bunch of lucky-loos in the neighborhood were like, hey, let's go check it out. And they had tons of people just walk through the house and check it out on their own. Uh, There was even reports that some guy, like, 
took a piece of Joe's skull. What? As like a souvenir. How morbid. So like they totally contaminated the crime scene. Um, yeah, it's I, I guess like fingerprints and uh, like bloodhounds were like the big CSI back then. But that was useless because the whole neighborhood had been in the house now after the murder. Right. Well, I mean, I guess I, I say that that's morbid, but I mean, 1912, public executions are still probably going on. I mean, there's probably still some, you know, it's not the same. Yeah, like 20 years earlier, it was still like right. the Wild West. You know? Right. People are like... still like, oh, yeah, I want to go check mm-hmm. that out and see for myself what it was. Yeah. But I don't know. To take pieces of like, that, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Somebody's got that and been handed down by... Generation or generation. <laughs> this is Joe Moore's skull. skull. Fraction of a skull. Oh. So the cops basically bumble everything up. They sure do. So... CSI Velisica. Yeah. Velisica. Was not, not, not uh, great. No, not no. great. So they don't really have any evidence of anything. But yet they have all these suspects in town. They have some suspects in town. So I'll talk about the first one. His name was Frank Jones. Frank Jones. Frank Jones. He was a senator, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was him, but... No? Why did they think it was him? Do you know? So he was the main competitor to Joe Moore's business. Oh. And I guess... He had motive. I guess, yeah. So I guess Joe actually used to work for him, and then he broke off away from him and started up on his own and became a competitor. They didn't like each other. It was well known that they were not friendly with each other. Gotcha. Friendly enough to... To murder. murder? Maybe. Maybe not himself. I guess one of the theories that went around is that he hired a person, senator, right. business he knew owner. people. That he yeah. hired someone to murder the family. Um, the name of the person was William Mansfield, that they thought was uh, the person that Frank Jones hired to murder the family. Um, in the end, though, it was found that he had an alibi that was like rock solid. It was, he had like pay statements... Uh, from another job in another state at the time of the murders. So they were both eventually cleared. It took a long time to clear their names, though, for some reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote down here that uh, afterwards, Frank Jones basically got uh, 1912 canceled. He uh, lost his senator position. So his name was tarnished after yes, wrong. His name was tarnished after this. Yeah. Even though he was cleared of any wrongdoings. Huh. But... Obviously, it still carried along with them because we're talking about it over a hundred years later. Right. So. So I mean, to be well, this was probably mm-hmm. like the crime of the century. Yeah, probably at the that point. Craziest thing that's well, there are other axe murders. It was a big time for axe murders in wow. 1910, okay. 1911, 1912. So he was a rival. So he had motive. He had means because he had lots of money. Yes. But he's ultimately cleared and not responsible. Yeah, because like they have motive. And means, but it's like, you don't have any other evidence beyond that. Right. No and, opportunity, because he's working somewhere else. Well, his his supposed his hitman yeah. Yeah, was not even in the same state. Gotcha. And they had solid proof that he wasn't even there. Okay. But he still suffered, just for being yep. potentially linked just to Just having his name associated with it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip over to the next suspect. Henry Lee Moore. No relation. Because <laughs> he does have the same last name. That's odd. Yeah, so he was... He kind of sounds like a serial killer. He's got three names. Yeah. You got the three names, you're a serial killer. I kind of feel like that. That's how it goes. Yeah. He was uh, a suspected serial killer. 
but he was a murderer. Ooh, okay. He, he was convicted of two murders. His mom and his grandmother, he killed. Oh. He killed them in 1921? So he's like Norman Bates in it up. December 1921, I believe. Unless I got that date wrong, it's 1912. But either way, it's like after the fact. He killed him with an axe. Okay. So he was convicted of that. And he was a known vagrant. And he went around many towns in the Midwest. Was there so, any particular reason why he killed his mom and grandma? Not that I found. Not that I looked into in a whole lot of detail. But because he got convicted of that particular crime and because of him being a vagrant that like moved around from city to city, town to town, state to state, people tried to tie other murders around the time that were similar to him. So he became like the scapegoat. Yeah, even yeah. though it was never like fully proven, but it's, it's a possibility. But uh, there was other cases. There was one in September 17th, 1911. A man named Henry Wayne and his wife and child and visiting friends, Mrs. Burnham and her two children were killed with an axe. That's a big group of people again. It is another big group of people all killed with an axe. People visiting too. Mm-hmm. Strange. Mm-hmm. October 1911, Monmouth, Illinois. M.E. Dawson and his wife and daughter were killed with an axe. October 1911, Ellsworth, Kansas. William Showman, his wife, and three children killed with an axe. So he was just on an axe-wielding killing spree? If this was him every time. Yeah. It's kind of strange that it's like the same kind of groups of people. Yeah. The same murder weapon, the same kind of... Relatively you know, the same area. Yeah. I mean, he was, you said he was known to like frequent around different areas, right? Yeah, he was a traveler, traveled from place to place. Uh, and then one other one, June 1912, Paloa, Kansas, Ronald Hudson and his wife killed with an axe. So it's it's kind of weird. Like, every one of these different cases, they're all very similar to Velisca. Velisca? Did they stop after he was Velisca. captured? I mean, the most recent one that I found was 1912. But it's weird that it was like there were so many in like the kind of like the Midwest area. Yeah. And they all kind of have their own suspects that came and went. And people thought, oh, it was this person. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Right. I don't know. Like some of them have more conclusive, you know, conclusions, I guess, than others. But I mean, I guess you can link them all to a serial killer. And if you want to find someone that it could have been, I guess this Henry Lee Moore fits the, the profile. Well, he's got three names. He sure does. He obviously killed his mom, so he's got some issues. Mm-hmm. And then he supposedly might have killed a whole bunch of other people in the same manner. Possibly. So if he did all of those, then why not the Felisca uh, mirrors? Mm-hmm. But even if it wasn't him, what if there was some sort of serial killer that was going around? Because all of these cases are very similar. They can yeah. all be linked. It sounds very plausible anyway. Right. But... There's no solid proof. Right. But he, he was in jail because he was convicted of somebody yep. else's murder. Yeah, he went to jail and that's okay. where he rotted. The rest so, of so far life. he seems like the top suspect for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's one more. Okay. This one's my favorite. Reverend 
Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. Oof, that's a name. It sure is. So, the day of the murders, he arrives in town. He was the definition of a creeper. Alright, he worked as a traveling preacher, and he got in trouble for obscene behavior. Um, there's, there's actually, if you look, there's like a Smithsonian article, I believe, on the, on the murder, where it like details all the suspects. And they actually have a newspaper ad that he put out back in the early 1900s looking for a typist. And he was, he put in the, the ad that he needed a female typist and she must type in the nude. Really? Yeah. He's a creeper. I'm surprised they even published something like that back in then. Yeah, it was 1912. Right. That's crazy. Everybody's he's a reference. He's a reference. It's all good. <laughs> he's a reference. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he had a, a mental breakdown one time and spent time in an institution. And he actually, it's been proven, or it was several witnesses said that he attended the same church service as the Moore family the night that they were murdered, before that they were murdered. Uh, his whereabouts were unknown until the next morning when he was seen boarding another train out of town after the, the Moores were, had been killed, obviously. This is where it gets interesting with him. Okay. So he's on the train going back home. Okay. The bodies were found at, like... He's on the plane, the train at, plane, the train at, like, 8 in the morning, and he allegedly had a conversation with an older couple on the train where he was talking about the murders that happened several hours before they were discovered. Yeah, he was like, oh, that's awful. Did you hear about those awful murders that happened to the Moore family? And... Interesting. The coroners, um, when they did the examination of the murders, they found that whoever the assailant was, was left-handed. Kelly was left-handed. Which is not a very common thing. No, it's not. I mean, it's, you know. Although I do believe that there are uh, quite a few serial killers who have been left-handed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could be in a future topic. (laughs) Left-handed serial killers. (laughs) Uh, some residents even reported seeing Kelly stalking the Moore family. And then a dry cleaner in a town over reported getting a bag full of bloodstained clothes from Kelly a few days after the murders. Would he be that stupid? I, mean, I don't know. How do you explain that away? To the cleaners? I mean, people like slaughtered animals and shit all the time back then, right? I mean, like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I was slaughtering those pigs on my farm. <laughs> Can you clean my trousers? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, also, two weeks after the murder, Kelly returned to the crime scene. He actually went back to the house, and he was posing as a Scotland Yard detective. What? He was in English, so <laughs> he came in there like, I'm a Scotland Yard detective. And he I got, cannot. The local police gave him a tour of the house. They believed what? it. <laughs> oh, my God. Villisca PD, dropping the ball. <sighs> so he must have been very convincing. Apparently. He took off that reverend collar and got a little fake Scotland Yard badge. <laughs> and they gave him a tour of the house. Why would he want to go back and take a tour of the house? They say the killers always return to the return scene of the, the crime, crime. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, eventually, he was arrested in 1917. It took them a long time to like build up any evidence against him. You think he like came back trying to see if like, they suspected him or they had any suspects? He was like, trying to figure out... Maybe. I don't know. It seems like a big risk. Yeah. 
Um, so after he was arrested, he actually signed a confession saying he did do it. Okay. I have a fun exact quote from his confession. Okay. This yes. is This is a good one. He said, I killed the children upstairs first and the children downstairs last. I knew God picked me to do it this way. Slay utterly came to mind, and I picked up the axe, went into the house, and killed them. God whispered, Suffer the children to come unto me. But the kids weren't killed first. Well, he said the children upstairs he killed first. I don't know. He did, Yeah, he didn't necessarily say, like, what? if he killed the parents first. He said right. he killed the children upstairs first. First, and then went downstairs. And then went downstairs and killed the children downstairs. Which is what the police think happened also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he comes back to the scene of the crime. He pretends to be a Scotland Yard detective. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting arrested. He makes a confession. So he was found guilty, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. He later recanted the statement and no indictment was made. Okay. See, he- I did hear that he was actually tried twice. Yeah, he was they First were dropped. Time it was a hung jury. Mm-hmm. And then the second time he was acquitted. He said the police coerced him into uh, confessing. And this has gone unsolved ever since. Yep. But you can go and tour the house or spend an evening ghost hunting it. Yeah. So in 1994, a couple bought the house unaware of anything that had happened there. How are you unaware? Of I don't that? know. How do you know? How do you know? How does no one say to you? Let's go to Velisca. Oh, the murder house. What's what's Velisca known for? I don't know. The axe murders. <laughs> All right. So they buy the house, supposedly unknowing that what happened there. Yeah, and a bunch of weirdos started showing up, I guess, to the house and being like, "Hey, I'm a psychic medium. Um, can I come in and oh. and?" They were like, "Sure, come on in," except. We're going to start charging you a fee? Yeah, eventually, yeah. That's what they did. <laughs> and it's still open to this day. You can go stay there. They don't live there, though. I don't I don't know. Because I know when we talked about doing this episode, we're like, oh, places that have true crime, but then also were hauntings. And then I kind of forgot to do the haunting part. Well, I did hear that they, there is some significant activity there. They hear voices, noises, um... Children, you know, the typical things you think would happen. You know, people feel very oppressed in the house. But again, like, you know, eight people are murdered there. Those walls are going to carry some of that energy. Yeah, it's got the perfect setup for it. For sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know if that's the kind of haunting you're looking to get into. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's what you want to. I mean, we've been to so many places, though. It's like, I don't know. Is there anything that was this brutal that we are seen like murders i don't think that's nothing i could think of i don't either i mean people dying in like massive amounts yeah but usually from like disease yes nothing nothing, being murdered yeah there was a report from 2014 that i saw that said uh, someone that was staying there actually said they were overcome with something and they stabbed themselves so like an Amityville horror yeah. scenario. I think that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, that sounds like you probably were not stable when you got there. See, that's the thing I would be worried about. If I owned this property and I was opening it up to people coming and investigating it, like how do you make sure that people are 
emotionally stable yeah, enough because to deal with that. I could say from experience of how many years have we done ghost huntings and been to paranormal conventions and met other groups and other people that do this kind of stuff. There's a lot of fucking crazy people out there. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about it. If, like, you're not in a good headspace, you probably shouldn't be going into a percent. It's like a high percentage. Yeah. Like a pretty high percentage. Yeah. People that are, like, depressed. Yeah. People that are just, like... Kooky. Yeah. Is well, that a, an official medical term, kooky? Yeah, it could be. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. A little off. They got the crazy eyes. You could just tell. <laughs> they got the crazy you know? eyes. <laughs> Is that how you would, like gauge people whether or not they were going to be allowed to be like ghost hunting in your group with you like do you get the crazy eyes it could be yeah you could tell at the conventions like you always knew when they started approaching you you're like get out of here just go just keep walking just keep going and they're carrying around their yeah. holy water in a holster yeah and they got their key too and their pictures of their dust it's like get the hell out of here yeah i don't know i think that um You'd probably have to be a little careful about who you let into your space. Yeah. And, you know, like what happens if somebody does something crazy then? It's like, are you liable for that? And could you, you know, there would be like crazy, like Zach Baggins wannabes that would come in there and be like, I want to recreate this. Let me get my axe and like run uh-huh. around like a crazy person. Well, that's yeah. like the it's Singapore um, theory. <laughs> the Lizzie Borden house is like set up exactly how the pictures were. Yeah. Like, all the furniture's still in the exact same spot. Like, that's, like, they did that purposefully so that you could walk in and see a picture of who died in that spot and be in the room where the, the dresser's in the same place, the bed's in the same place, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm all about ghost hunting, and I like that kind of stuff, but I don't know if I really want to try to connect to the spirit <laughs> of six dead children. No. I mean, I'm surprised somebody hasn't brought a spirit box there and, like, found out who did it. Oh, I'm sure they probably have. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you someone has. If you search on TikTok right now or something. I kind of want to look up <laughs> pictures of these two guys now and see if there's any pictures that exist. Because I feel like you'd have to be a big guy. Of of the reverend? And, yeah. Of oh, the... you should see a picture of the reverend. Right? Oh, I mean, shit. He's not a big guy. Like, you'd think you'd have to have some strength to be wielding an axe that much. But let me tell you, he looks like... He looks like he's got crazy eyes. He look oh yeah. He <laughs> looks like he's got the crazy eyes. I mean, he looks like he could be a reference today that they would just be like, oh, you know what? I think it's time to move you to another city. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're scaring the children. Yeah. He's scaring the children. Let's let's uh let's move him to another city. He's all like fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta show you this picture. I'll I gotta, I'll post it somewhere too. Um. On like Facebook, I guess if I remember, which I probably won't. I thought I heard, um, I thought I read something about him too that he like posted some obscene pictures or did something else too. Yeah, he that was, was like, like not right. Like I, a lot of people said he was like a sexual deviant, and he was like a you know just a generally creepy person. Yeah, and I mean just look at that face. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah he so looks. He looks like a creeper. He does look like a creeper, but yeah, I mean you would think. But he doesn't look strong. He doesn't look like a. I, I mean, know, unless it's just like the force that just of the axe, you know, because it only took apparently one, one quick strike. Have you strike. ever chopped a piece of wood, though? It's hard. No, I'm not an outdoors person. <laughs> I don't go outside. <laughs> I mean, to wield an axe is not an easy thing. And that's why they thought that Lizzie Borden didn't really do it, because the strength it would take 
Especially, like, repeated blows. Either that or you'd have to be really, really mad. Yeah, I think that's, like... Look at him next to this old lady. He he looks so small, though. He does. He looks short. Yeah, he doesn't look like someone that could, like... And when this axe murderer, like, committed the murder, like, when he killed the first guy, Joe Joe Moore, he swung the axe so high and so hard that the, the sharp side, it hit the ceiling of the marks. I mean, that's some significant force. Yeah. And also, if he was short, I don't know how tall he was, but he does look short in the pictures. Yeah, he does. And the people he stands next to. I'm going back to the three-name person. The one that was in jail. Henry Lee Moore? Yep. He definitely could have been. Let's see if we can find a picture of him. I did find pictures of him earlier. There does he like, look more like he's... He looks like, you know... Does he look more like a serial killer? He looks like someone that's killed people with an axe. Well, he I'll killed his that. mom, for sure. Yeah, he and looks like... He's got the crazy eyes, let's say that. He's got the crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got the crazy eyes. Oh, yeah, but see, now he already looks more like... Mm-hmm. Tough. Yeah, he does. He looks like a he looks like a strong dude. Yeah. Yeah, there's only a picture of his head. There's really no I can't really find like any like body pictures of him. I'm gonna go the, with I'm gonna go with it being him. You're gonna go with Henry Lee Moore? Yep. The... If I had to if I had to make a guess mm-hmm. out of all the evidence that we just talked about, the amount of the similar crimes to what he was convicted of along with the area, the fact that they stopped pretty much after this last one. Yeah, from what I found. I don't know. You know, I think it's really interesting. and I could have fallen down like a huge rabbit hole looking into like the, the full details and all these other axe murder cases that I mentioned earlier. But yeah, it's kind of interesting how, how there were so many of... The same kind of murder around the same time frame. Right. In like the same Midwest area. It's like maybe there was a serial killer out well, there. Well, think about it. It's 1912. They're not connecting crimes then. No. I mean, they're not even really that good at doing it now. They're not even closing off the crime scene so that Joe Bob down the street comes in and grabs pieces of the skull in the house. <laughs> yeah, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's weird to have so much violent crime in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And have so many similarities. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I don't know what to think on this one. He never, um, you might, you probably don't know this, but I'm just curious if he ever admitted to any other murders. Nope. Nope, I don't think so. That's why it was just all unconfirmed and just two confirmed kills when he killed his, his mom and his grandmother. It's the two that he was convicted of. I wonder how they convicted him of that, if they caught him. They must have. Or he confessed. There's probably enough evidence. We might have to do a part two. We might have to do a show just on... An axe murderers? This... And, like, break through on this this case? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, that's where those unsolved mysteries are going to come from. Now there's too much chance of catching people, you know? Too much DNA evidence. Too many, like, ring cameras everywhere. Oh, yeah. They would, it's have caught, hard. they would have caught the guy right. going into the Basilica house, you know, when it's open, just walking in with the axe right. from the front door. Or running away from the house. Yeah, walking away. Covered in left blood. slab of bacon, yeah. That's so weird, too. It is. I don't know, it's very strange. 
I'd be curious to dig into like the full details on these other cases and see like if any of them kind of like align with the details on on the uh, the the Villisca We need some amateur cases. crime hour. Yeah. See if like maybe somebody covered the windows with sheets or mirrors, you right? Know, things like that. Connections. Crazy. It is. Axe murderers. Axe murderers. It's the best kind of murderers. Right? <laughs> I don't know. But I guess... I don't know. <laughs> this one's perplexing me. It is. But I feel like there's more to it. We gotta dig maybe a little deeper. A little deeper? Yeah. For the next episode? Sure. And if anybody else wants to know more about any similar 19... If anybody does know about early, early 20th century axe murders, yeah. let us know. Yeah. Reach us. Parababble. Parababble everywhere. Parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Send us some junk mail. Or hate mail. Just no axes. Yeah, no axes. Yeah. No creepy uh, ads. We don't want any of those weird serial killer letters with all the letters cut out and... With codes, with codes, that would be cool. <laughs> I'm gonna break the code. We're gonna solve the case. <laughs> you never know. <laughs>